This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am unashamed. What about you? So, uh, so Jace, you've been, uh, your last week has been interesting. <laughs> Four days, about twelve hours a day. People follow me around. You're back. You're back in the game. So I got to give appreciation to Unashamed Nation. We had a we had a plan about doing a show about our metal detecting ventures, and you literally left it up to our audience as to whether yeah. you would try this or not, because they overwhelmingly said yes. We want the show. You spent the last four days filming. Yeah, we this. we actually filmed it. You know, we got a couple more days to go, but that's you know now you sit around and they ask you questions about it. They're like, you know, how you know what happened when you're in the interview this. phase. So they, I'm off today just so I could do this, and so they could gather themselves probably because this has <laughs> been all day in a hundred degree heat. And what's funny is dad is it's really i think it's reignited that his passion that he's wishing he could have been out there with y'all for the <laughs> <laughs> yeah boy i think i'm missing that so so it, what, what can i know you can't tell us everything but what, no what, i i can't i mean give they, us a little they bit. said say nothing but i was like the people that i'm it's our talking audience to, that's right we deserve you something. built this so no it actually worked i mean the crazy part is this, is that, you know, somebody had the bright idea to let Cy pick where we go. Because that was it, news to me. I didn't realize Cy was a part of the project. Well, so. because our, the unashamed listeners, remember, that was oh, like, yes, do the show and include Cy. Include Cy. We got a lot of feedback and on that. what I didn't realize is this is, this is, this developed not really on the show, but just in, you know, real life which by the way this this was if you want to just see some cameras follow us around and dude this this will be the show for you because <laughs> they're like what are we doing follow us yep get your cameras out you're putting the real in reality tv on this one but i didn't realize that size turned this into his retirement plan you know because <laughs> he's like Hey, I mean, I want to find things worth millions of dollars, and I'm going to use y'all's sweat. To... That's kind of what developed here. So it's funny. Size the uh, he's the puppet master on the on this. Yeah, and I'm throwing this person who had this idea for Sai to do that, but that was me because I thought, how could he screw that up? He wanted to be a part of it, so I'm like, well, read the letters from the listeners because they're saying, come hunt here. There's yeah. lost treasure. So I figured. So that's kind of what the premise started, and we just we just we go do it. So I noticed there's more than one. There's a lot, you know, jade fever. Uh, you see advertised and and but but treasure hunting in the human mind, for some reason, seems to have always been there. It's, been, we have this idea, even Jesus brought it up. Oh, when you I, find yeah. the gospel, you know, you find me. Yeah. It's like hidden, my man went out in the field, a hidden treasure. Yep. Well, that's kind of a little concept there. They're looking. So they were doing, doing it before metal detectors. They sure I were. Mean, this goes back 2,000 years. They sure were. And there is something about finding, you know, you think about Human it. nature itself, they're, they, they're always, you know, you look at how many texts that Jesus said, you look for this, you look for that, you look for this, you look for temporary things, but but I'm the one you need to find. I mean, search, search, search out, find me. You know, all the Proverbs, you know, find out what wisdom is, real wisdom is. But he so also saying, turned it around where he's the human. We're just characterized as we have this treasure in jars of clay. You're like, yeah. you're like, better hold on. That's why you better hold on to that, you know. if you. Well, if, I'm not sure I'm correct on this but i think this is correct story i think it was 1940 something um some kid some shepherd's kid throws a rock 
you know, somewhere around yeah. the Dead Sea, it goes in a cave and he hears something break. And so then they start looking and they find the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were some of the, the back to Isaiah. And, oh, I mean, yeah. all these great. And that was a find just in the 20th century. Our literally treasure. Yeah, just exactly. think of all the, the phrases where he said, seek and you shall find. But actually, Jesus turned it around where he was the detector. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he had the story in Luke 15. Mm-hmm. Oh, this just, has uh, multiple <clears throat> spiritual connotations, that yeah. if, if you would. It, 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 it is. It really is. Plus, a, I like the idea that, you know, people have to give you, like, it's people's property, and, like, you have to go there, and, like, there's an interaction there. Oh, that, yeah. That kind of stuff interests me. I mean, well, the Sal, I was able to say, I found Jesus. I don't need any more treasure that y'all hunting for, but get out of it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, these TV people. I know one thing. It's it, it's not a sinful thing, what y'all are doing. No, scratching good... in the earth, saying, whoa, here, what, what do I have here? This was back in 1892. You know, it's, 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 uh, man kind of lacks, you know, discovering secrets. That's right. Oh, I love this, you know. But these TV people found that out, you know. The first place we went, they knew who I was because they recognized me. Yeah. And they're like, I told them what we're doing. They're like, man, you can knock yourself out. And he said, he said, but you can leave all those people wherever you found them. <laughs> <laughs> they looked at me like <laughs> the crew. Yeah. I said, hey, just Look, I mean, let's 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 just take. So, Jace, you're already rich and famous. So, what's your motivation for doing this? I just like to hunt. I I I just like to hunt lost things. I mean, honestly, Murray got me into this. It's fun for me, especially when there's not a real something I can eat season going on. Right. But I just like the pursuit. I like figuring out where this stuff is through maps and research and it's just lost. And I mean, I'm telling you the biggest motivation is, is every time I go out there, I tend to think about God doing that in my life. He pursued me. The circumstances come up. I hear his glorious message. And then it's like, he found me. And so that's why I wanted to name. We still got to come up with a name. I came up with one. I thought they, would go with but they didn't because we got all these names from our listeners but yeah. they didn't like either they were already copyrighted or they didn't like them so i was like i got it dirt bags <laughs> dirt bags they went no that, that has a negative connotation i said well wait a minute now we're digging in the dirt chase you we're, being <laughs> you being on the earth is a negative connotation <laughs> so then i said i said look we're dirt bags before yeah. you know god moves in his grace and he cleans dirt us bags up. still holds on to yeah. us you know that that's that's got a little grip on it they're saying that idiot bunch of idiots well, that's what, when we dig when in was, the dirt we're looking for they're bags following somebody they've never seen and they're following somebody and been putting their life on it on um, somebody that claimed he did something back here the old writings but i read them and i'm like whoa that uh, oh. that's 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 right there is worth investigating so yeah. well, you know i literally found jesus through investigation but i didn't investigate till i was going around around like a dog chasing his tail and i'm know, like i'm not on whenever i was on glenn beck's show he looked at me first thing he said. He said, "Al, you know, I read your book, yours and Lisa's book." He said, "You are a real dirtbag." Oh, really? <laughs> That's what well, he's telling me. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't. You. I was shocked. I, said, that well, they... I appreciate that, Glenn. He said, "Oh, don't take offense. I can oh, out dirtbag your dirtbag." Well, That's what he tells me. Well, to say, if it helps his feelings, I said, "You know, no, there's there's big big time dirtbaggers." <laughs> I took no offense because he was right on target. I think maybe you're onto but, something there, Jace. I thought because it, it it applies to all human beings at one time or another. We yeah. are. We're all dirt and bags. it takes me and, back. And you're we're digging in the dirt. It takes me for back. Bags you, of gold. I mean, it's kind of a two way. I thought it would work. Well, you remember after we had fit y'all because I wasn't there yet. But after y'all filmed the first two episodes of Duck Dynasty, there was still no name for it. And I can remember text chains going around, which I was a part of because everybody's trying to think of something. And we were convinced, you know, Willie wanted to call it Bayou Big Time. Oh boy, that was his. I, had, I didn't hear that. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd have gave a thumbs down <laughs> well, on that. I, well, apparently they did too, because that. I mean, he was convinced that's what it needed to be, and he was kind of the lead person there early, and so. And then Duck Isaac came, and I remember everybody saying, "Why? 
this is about a Chinese restaurant. I mean, just nobody liked it. None of us. I don't remember. I've had two ideas. I didn't like either one. My first one was family jewels. Now that's funny. Because it's it's shooting a little low. (laughs) (laughs) But we're a fun. Fun taking it into account. But we're shooting a a little low. (laughs) That's the low brown. (laughs) There is a slang definition of that. But I mean, I'm saying we're family. We're looking for jewels. And I thought, and Jelp's name is Jules. So, oh, that's that's right. I, I didn't think of, that's another little element. Because you got to remember, it's just us doing it, so it's it's different from what we did, you know, Duck Dynasty. I mean, this here is just they're just following us around. I mean, I'm not sure how they're going to put all this together. I, I really <laughs> sympathize with the person wherever they drop this footage off to and say. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> turn this into turn this turn into, this into so twenty-two. This is not going to hurt your pride if it goes kaput. It did bust, burst, no. whatever. No, but I will say this: after four, because we pretty well follow us and we filmed the four days. I actually, it was really fun because well, I got I was a hundred percent myself. I was like, this is what we, all these people, they had no idea what we were fixing to do. And they just, they just filmed it and they'll put well, it together and your, we'll see. The, your listeners may not realize what's fixing to come their way, but in the way of uh, all the human beings I've met on planet Earth, Murray Crow, who is with y'all on this, mm. is a, has multiple skill sets. And I mean, you would not that believe. dude. I wish he has a head on his shoulders. Is what I'm saying. Because when they look at Murray, they may think, oh, if they knew Murray Crow like I know him, I'm the one that told him about Jesus, you know, and baptized him. But yeah, but well, Murray, Murray is as solid in the faith, but he is a highly intelligent man. Yeah, well, that's what that's what really is is been awesome. Is because he's look, a great historian, by the he way. He is. And I mean, he knows things and has ideas that you just, look, I've been knowing him for years, but some of the things that happened, I mean, I had no idea. As far as Louisiana time. history goes, I mean, he is, he is. Oh, his skill set legitimizes poor me and Jep. We're, I'm just yeah. hunting and Jep's like a deer in the headlights, but. If the audience just gets knowledge from listening to Murray Crow, it'd be a pretty yeah. Sometime thing. in the future, when mm-hmm. when it's appropriate, I want to have Murray on our podcast, and not just to talk about the show, but mainly to talk about his when he came to Jesus. I mean, oh yeah, you know, he's got a great story. It, oh yeah, <clears throat> and he's just our kind of guy. I love Murray. He's he's always been a, um, I don't know, just a supportive person. You know, to me yeah. personally, his brother was one of the greatest conversions I've ever seen. His brother. He brought him down there and he said, he said, I'm worried about my brother. You know, we need to get him on board with Jesus. I said, well, let's give her a whirl. So we, we went through this Bible study and we had another one. We had about three or four Bible studies. And he finally said, yeah, I, 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 I think I should go to the river and let you baptize me. He said, but I don't think you have to. So, and I said, I said, hey, just think about it. So I got up and he said, Hey, where are you going? That's Murray's brother. <laughs> And Murray was there. I said, I said, well, you said, you know, you you might have a little epiphany somewhere in the future and we'll take you to the river and baptize you. But right now, let it ride. But he said, hey, I didn't say I wasn't going to do it. I'm just saying you don't have to do it. I said, well, we'll wait a while. And he said, I said, I went, I said, let me give me a glass of tea. He said, hey, hey, where are you going? I said, well, you said wait. So <laughs> he took over the Bible study. So I ended up trying to say, trying to talk him out of it. I said, well, don't do it. Just wait, you yeah. know, whatever. And he said, oh, no, I didn't say I wasn't going to do it. I just said, I don't think I have to do it. I said, but he, but he, had, I said, Mary, he, he's your brother. Had he embraced Jesus at this. I mean, what was oh, his yeah. thought? Oh, yeah, he, okay. See? Well, he just uh, that that was his response. He and was I thought, grappling well, with what uh, what baptism is. Yeah, so I'd read him a few more texts. I said, you know, it's mentioned almost a hundred times in the Bible there, and I said, you you might ought to just take note of that. That's quite a bit. I said, and you never heard about it until Jesus showed up, and the guy who was paving the way for Jesus became famous for it. I said, I'm just saying. It's mentioned a lot. Jesus said, go make disciples and baptize them. So that's what I'm telling you right now. You'll be a disciple if we go down there and I baptize you. Jesus said, do it. See right here, Matthew 28. So every time I would try to walk away from him, he would say, whoa, whoa, where are you going? Wait a minute, I'm still. So we went down to the 
to the edge of the riverbank. He's still saying, I just don't believe it, but you know, and, but, but if we, it, we said, well, what's wait then? He, no, he said, no, no, I, I'm not going to do it. Said, I'm going to do it. I said, well. He shook his head on. all the way down the water. I said, Murray, your brother has a hard head. He said, I know it. I, that's, I've been dealing with him for years. That's but it. he did do that. He's passed on now. And between you and me, I'm glad he did. Well, let's, uh, let's take a break. So I, I said I wouldn't have judged him either way. No. But well, so yesterday, you know, we had uh, several baptisms at, at WFR, and uh, one of them was a, a police officer that listens to the podcast, and so he brought his family down. But I didn't know it; he had been communicating with Godwin. He listened to the podcast that Godwin was on here, and Godwin shared his testimony. And so he said, "When I heard Godwin's testimony, for some reason." I mean, it just it just penetrated him. He said, "I just he said I've watched that episode about ten times since because I was like, why is this so powerful mm-hmm. to me? So something about John's story. So he reached out to John and he said, I want to come to West Monroe and I want you to baptize me because your story is what impacted me. And yeah. so yesterday he was there, had his family, great guys from Oklahoma, and John baptized him. But there were several other ones. Yeah, that and, one from American Samoa. Yeah, I met him. Too. I said, "How's it going? Where are you from?" I thought he picked to say, "You know, well, you know, some state." He said, "Samoa." I said, "Samoa." I said, "As in in the middle of the ocean?" He said, "Oh yeah." Yeah. I said, "You know what? 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 How'd you end up way over here?" You know. He said, "Well, I was in the army, you know, and he made his career army guy, truck driver, mechanic." Yeah, I met him. And he ended up being a truck driver, you know, and. But he, I, I loved it. He, I said, I believe you're the one that's came the farthest away. <laughs> you get the farthest away award. Yeah. So he came in to, he came over Great to, guy. to our place before he came into your place. And uh, I shook his hand. He started crying. And uh, he kind of apologized. He said, I don't know why I'm so emotional. I said, Well, I do because you're submitting your life to Christ. I mean, if there's something to get emotional about, that's it. Life you know? and immortality <laughs> was fixing to be his, and he moved on it. So yeah. I, I mentioned, Jace, after the, at the end of the baptisms, they had announced that our friend Clark Smith passed away um, this weekend. Did you know that? Did you? I didn't know. He died of a heart attack a couple of days ago. And um, young guy, I mean, he's our age. I say young, he's probably in between you and me. And uh, I told the story about, you know, it's it's all when something sudden, tragic like that is tough, obviously. And so we were, I like the word departed instead of passed away. Yeah, me too. And so that's what I say. I said, you know, I remember the night at the marriage retreat mm-hmm. uh, late in the night. Jason and Missy had been studying with with Clark and, and Debbie. All and, night. All night. Yeah. It was, yeah. And then and so I said, and then he got baptized. You know, he finally, you know, embraced Christ and he got baptized in a hot tub. Well, that was cold. That was cold. But it was 28 degrees outside. There was a lake out there. And he's like, I want you to baptize me right. now. <laughs> and I thought, well, we need some water. And uh, he's like, well, there's a lake out there. I was like, it's 28 degrees out there. And so they went down to the, the was it a hotel? What was it? Yeah, it was like, like a, a resort. Lot, resort. A resort, yeah. And they said, well, we have a hot tub, but they were renovating they just put it in yeah. so i was like perfect like, it's got water in it yeah but but it was it was cold i mean it was near freezing <laughs> better than outside well yeah i mean it was so i made the point that because we had just witnessed all those baptisms and they had just announced that this had happened so a lot of people were obviously close to him and were shocked because they didn't know he had passed away and it was a heart attack so it happened quickly and so i said you know that he was prepared for last night because that was like saturday night i said he was prepared for what happened he because he's there now like but he did that because he gave his life to christ and submitted himself to him all those other years ago and that's what we live for so i was like as much as i want to pray for debbie and john clark and their family because i know how tragic it is to lose somebody so quick yeah at the same time i'm not he's in heaven like that's I mean, he, 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 he won the race, you know? So yeah. a guy like that, you know, I just thought in that moment, we were watching all those new births that it's a reminder that you want to be ready for the day. Cause it's coming for all of us, you know, whether yeah. it's a heart attack. Yeah, They or, were really good friends. Of our, <coughs> they were in our house church for years. I know. Good, great so. family. So anyway, um, we, we, you know, talked about that, but then I also talked about a guy named Brady, uh, who's 21 years old. He's from Oklahoma. And so he had sent an email to Bonnie initially and then bonnie forwarded it on to me and it, sometimes it takes Which a little while before we my assistant yeah we get the get to people and so he told me that he had 
he has had a terrible, you know, he hadn't been living right, isolated, college student. And he, um, he said, but I, I started listening to the podcast. He said, for the last year, I mean, I finally figured out Jesus is Lord. But, you know, he hadn't been baptized yet. And so, he, but he didn't say about coming down here, which a lot of people do. But he was like, I know you know some people in Tulsa. Can you get me connected? So I sent an email back and I said, oh, I'll, I'll have somebody talk to you within the hour because I got some Troy Tabor and some buddies up at Park Plaza. And so they called him. He drove up to Park. <clears throat> they baptized him. And then they sent me some video of him getting baptized and some pictures. So I hadn't met uh, uh, Brady. He listens to the podcast. So congratulations, Brady. You did the right thing. But I love the picture they sent because everybody's kind of locked arm in arm. There was eight or ten of them there. And I was telling our church, I said, you know, this is what happens when you surrender and then find your forever family. Because here was a guy that felt isolated and alone, you know, just when he was not living right. And now all of a sudden you got these people with their arms around him, you know, right there he never met before. He's got all this forever family. So I thought it was really special, the idea that that's, that's what we're born into when you're the new birth is you're born into a forever family. And so when we meet people just like yesterday and I was watching all these people, it's just, it's very inspiring. And I know the podcast is helping a lot of people get there, which is a, I guess it's an honor for us, you know, to be able to do so. But that was a good day. <clears throat> and then the, you baptized or somebody baptized the, uh, the Samoan. The Samoan. Yeah. Yep. They did. We had some visitors there. One, one couple came down. They, he said he was with a Mennonite community. I said, well, good to have you. And I think his dad was an evangelist, but, uh, but they were there celebrating their wedding, their honeymoon. So they dropped by. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yep. Come to Monroe. Great for little your, couple. For your honeymoon. He asked me, did he said, do you have any advice for you people that just recently married, you know, in the last day or two? And Uh-oh. I said. <laughs> I bet you. I know the verse you quoted. <laughs> What's that? What's it's, that it's one better you not, always. It's better uh, not to. People will ma- face many troubles in <laughs> oh, this yeah. life. No. I didn't give him that, but I didn't want to <laughs> spook him. I did tell him, I said, be patient with her cooking, my friend. I said, uh. So uh, I said, allow for time for growth in the in the cooking arena. I said, and you would do well, lady, if you would uh, <laughs> learn how to cook, learn how to cook well. You have to eat or you starve to death. I said, so y'all be patient with each other. Love one another. Be she, quick to forgive each other. And you'll be okay. If she grew up in a Mennonite family, she's, she's, odds on, she probably knows how to cook. She probably, probably so. You know, I'm they're not pretty sure good what about, that is, a Mennonite community. They're basically, from what I gather, and if, you know they're they're Amish that have embraced a oh. lot more of uh, yeah. Well, I, they're kind I, of at the, the Amish don't accept them because they ex, they embrace technology. I didn't really care about their names or anything else. You know, I know they had faith in Jesus Christ, so His death, burial, and resurrection. So I'm all in with the Mennonites, the Amish, or but, whoever. Yeah, whoever has but it. you got to remember when I went to that did that event in the Amish community that I talked to you about. Mm-hmm. I learned that there's different levels of right. I mean, some of them do have a little technology. It's kind of like whatever your clan. By the way, with. a lot of their issues that uh, concerns people of this day, uh, uh, every group who follows Jesus, that this Romans fourteen deals with a lot of different. It does differences that just show <laughs> up, whether it be intake of food, whether it be yeah. whether you take pharmaceuticals or not, or whether you. It, how much do you trust the government and the, 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 are you rebellious against? So all these factors come up in Romans 14, 13, and 14. Do you agree? You agree? Oh, I do. And in fact, uh, yesterday. We really could learn a lot from 13 and 14 as a group of individuals with all of the various personalities and customs, you know, to bring everybody together under one head. Right. Even Jesus. It's quite the task when it gets down to food intake. There's been this yeah. argument about food and rules surrounding what you eat and, you know, whatever. But food has been kind of like a centerpiece that the human race has been fighting over, fighting about for 2,000 years or well, before then, the Old Testament even. It goes way back, and it could have been, let's take another break. So, Jace, one of our favorite sponsors, uh, a, a product that we use uh, every night, is uh, Helix Sleep, which has a fantastic mattress. Um, I didn't, I never even knew about these guys until they started um, sponsoring our podcast. But uh, they they personalize the mattresses, and I didn't realize that. And it goes because you go and take this little quiz, 
on what what you like in terms of firmness or whatever. Jace has done it. I've done it as well. Really good mattress. They give you a hundred night sleep trial, which is fantastic. So you a third of a year, you know, you get to to check it out. And if you don't like it, they'll they'll pick it up. But you will. So uh, we highly recommend it. It's a great product. You can go to Helix H E L I X Sleep dot com slash unashamed. You take your quiz. And then they're going to send it right to your house. They've got a 10-year warranty. And like I said, you get trapped for 100 nights risk-free. And so uh, it's worth a, worth a shot. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our unashamed listeners. So you get another little bonus. HelixSleep.com slash unashamed. That's HelixSleep.com slash unashamed. Up to $200 off, two free pillows, and a great night's sleep. It goes way back. You're right, Dad. It, this could have been, of course, the way I look at it, just looking at the text, when he's when he's talking in 13, he's talking about how we respond to governing authorities. Then he talked about Starts how, out with loving each other, and then, too. He, and then he starts out with how we respond to the people around us, you know, which is your neighbor, which mm-hmm. that means in the church, out of the church, whatever. And then he talks about your behavior, how you respond to your own inner self that you should always respond in light. And all the rules got, surrounding well, how, how uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's a it, Jim DeMint, one of the uh, previous politicians said, you know, we're portrayed in some circles as the religion. Religion is hate. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's hate because, you know, people can bust in on your life, you know, and start making one rule after the other. And the creeds that are all up there in front of them, instead of the word of God, the creed kind of rides herd on the Bible. So you just, you run into all kinds of issues. Well, I made the point that, that Paul uses two illustrations when we get to 14 about food, meat in particular, because that was an issue in the first century, especially. Yep. And then he talked about days, certain days that were viewed as, you know, this is something I want to celebrate. And other people said, no, you can't celebrate this day. Plus, if you, if you live by a code that had food laws for 1,500 years, right. to break that up and to say there are no more food laws, right. you know, he sent them a giant movie screen out of heaven you know, it had four-footed animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along. Everything you can pretty well eat or whatever. And he said, "Arise, kill and eat." You know, right. no more food laws. That shock wave is still here to this day. Well, you know, I got a theory on this. When what's the first thing you do? Because now here you got modern Christianity. We all meet at the church building. Yep. What's the first thing you do as soon as the service is over? Go eat. You say, what are we going to eat? <laughs> so controversy ensues. That's right. Because I learned about in year one. Can you eat, take Mar- a bite while you're inside the hallowed halls of a church <laughs> building? Right. Or do you have to wait out to go outside? And look, I learned in year one of my marriage when my wife would say, when she'd say, where are we going to eat? And if I said it doesn't matter, that's the worst thing you ever say. She wants you right then to make a decision. Now, I don't mean she's going to agree with it, but it's better off than saying it doesn't matter. Then it's like, <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> well, we go through Romans 13 and 14. It's for everyone to read, no matter how strict they are of against various rules on what you eat and what you don't eat. Uh, it's all right here that I'll just give you a little update an overview here it's uh love love your god love jesus and cut your neighbors some slack on on all these issues about food and drink well my point point was that we all eat i mean we you have to eat so i think if it's something that everybody has to do to live or, or and then we're all different. It's just something that's going to be controversial. No, but I thought about just when you said that. What is it? What does everybody do as soon as it's over at, at, at our church at WFR? Because sometimes I walk over to the other. We have two services running simultaneously. I walk over to close out the other service, and there's a stampede of people coming out of that service. Most of them are recovery houses, and they're they're you know trying to get off drugs and alcohol and, and doing great and find Jesus. But they're all it's like a herd 
heading out back to smoke a cigarette because (laughs) they've been, they've been in there for an hour and a half and it's time for a smoke. So, but even that would have been controversial. You know, we would have had, there would have been a period of time. They're not endorsing that either. No, I don't want them to smoke, but at the same time saying they got a lot of stuff they're grappling with, but we'll well, deal with cigarettes when we get there. But at one time, I mean, look, at one time I would have been saying, no, you, there's or leaders in our church would be saying you can't smoke on the premises, you know, even if you're outside. But I'm looking at it now. I'm like, you know, they smoke, but they're really getting their lives in a great place. Do I want to come in and start dictating who can smoke a cigarette or take a dip or you know, uh, go I'm, down that road? You know? I remember I did a this, this place asked me to come do a a speech or whatever. It was a local thing. They're like, we'll pay you, and I was like, nah. I mean, don't worry about it. It was a small little congregation mm-hmm. and I fished around there and hunted and eventually metal detected. I was like, it's just, I'm maybe 30 people. I got up there and gave it everything I had. Cause I thought this community here, you're, you are the people as God's representatives. Y'all need to go out. Y'all know everybody here, go out and, and, and get them hit, share Jesus and, be hospitable. So when I was finished, the guy that kind of, you know, ran things, he said, they're not going to do that. And I thought, here we go, Mr. Negativity. <laughs> and I said, you don't think? He said, nope. I said, why not? He said, because they might come. <laughs> and I, had, I thought about it. <laughs> I was thinking, what's his point? But he was like, we don't want them in here. <laughs> you know, they're too rough. They're too, they're not like, I mean, I was thinking, well, you know what? At least he's honest. Well, it's tight. <laughs> it's packed pretty tight when they finally get set to the end of, of Romans 14. The kingdom of God, that's us, is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, for crying out loud, and joy in the Holy Spirit, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by man. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. It's just not written in stone on every little move you make while you're on planet Earth, including the intake of food or, or... Smoke a cigarette. That's the thesis. You're right. And and he repeats that in two or three different ways. But what got me was, so I, I used, I said, he, he uses two illustrations here, food and holidays. Yep. In essence. Yep. I said, it's been 2000 years since he wrote this. Do you think the church at large has gotten the message? Have we done well with this concept or poorly? I would say we have done poorly. Because think about all the schisms yeah. and, and splits and oh. splinters off of that because we've been missing. There's 25,000, somebody said, of different groups all coming out of one book. Yeah. You said, wait a minute here. We ought to be able to come together on God becoming flesh, Jesus dying on a cross to remove our sins. Right. Was bar- and that's for everybody, the world, put in a tomb. Three days later, he's resurrected. It looks like we could stand on that. We're under grace and not law, which is a wonderful thing. But for the life of me, Al, it's, a, it's a slow slog. My point was, we through the thousands of years, we have not listened to, to this passage. No. I mean, we have done just the opposite. In fact, I can remember growing up, and people would go to this passage to make rules for people. And I was like, his point was, and the rule don't make making, the rule. <laughs> look, and the rule-making part, the creed, becomes more important and more focused Absolutely. on it than the Bible itself. Because right. he actually took up... I mean, Stay what, away from creeds what, is all I can it, tell you. It wasn't like he wasn't speaking directly toward us. I mean, he brings up people who eat meat versus those who are vegetarians. But then he plainly says... The man who eats everything must not look down right. on him who does not, which, I mean, I know he was talking about our state specifically there, because <laughs> outside of our state, I don't know if anybody else eats everything. Well, well, so, the reporter, I, she was a female, and she told me, she said, I just don't think you you ought to eat meat. And I said, I said, because of religious reasons? She said, no, I'm not religious at all. Uh, she said, I don't, I'm not religious. She said, I just don't think it's right. For you to eat meat, I said. Well, but she obviously who, who, hadn't read Romans fourteen. Well, that's correct. I said. Well, <laughs> well, who told you that it's wrong? Where did you learn that? 
that, that we shouldn't eat meat. And she said, I just don't believe it. We sh- I just, I mean, I believe we shouldn't eat meat, and that includes you. I said, well, I don't care if you eat it. I said, so what do you eat, veggies? veggies? She said, yeah. I said, well, great. I said, but why would you worry about what I'm eating? And she said, well, I just don't think it's right. I said, so it's not religious reasons. Is it some kind of code within a group no, of people? No, it's just like. Uh, are y'all eating. just kind of reached and got that one, and you bind that on people? I said, it, it was these texts all put together here, but she wasn't even religious. No, she And still agnostic. wanted me to monitor what I ate according to what well, she thought. I think thought. there's a lot of the people out there like that who would say the same thing. I know it. And, and and that's the part of the point. Let's take another break. But she left happy, by the way. She did, and she told me she tried duck on yep. her way out of town. So maybe you had an impact. Well, what'd she say? She said, I tried duck. Your dad recommended a restaurant that yep, where she veggies went, were she served. Went, she went to Cotton. And then yeah. while she was there, in, uh, in honor, I guess, of her conversation with you, she tried a duck bite and said it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Jace, I used the illustration of our, my na- my next door neighbor John and Chris Howard, who's Corey's parents, they're pescatarians. Pescatarians, which I had to look it up years ago when they told me they were pescatarians. I, I was thinking they eat roaches and you know the first time I heard <laughs> that would that, be pescatarians. <laughs> first time I ever heard that term was was I hate to say it was what in, is it in, in a Duck Dynasty episode? Yeah, that, but but somebody asked me what it was or something, and I mean I'm like. I had never heard that. I had no idea. I said something that didn't even apply. People thought it was funny, and they thought I was in on the joke, but I didn't know. I'd never heard it. I had so, no idea. What is it? So a pescatarian is that you, they don't eat meat, but they do eat meat that swims. They don't eat anything that walks around. Well, they do eat meat, then. They do eat meat, but but only what's in the sea or the lakes. I mean, so it's, it's got to be feeders, fish. Why do they call fish? it a pescatarian? Why do they just... call it a scalatarian? Because <laughs> they have scale. Well, I guess skin, like a swimatarian. What what's pesca? Well, probably I didn't do a you know etymology kind of search on the word, but it probably has some kind of background of fish. It's mainly fish, <laughs> but then they eat shrimp. So fish are in. Shrimp are in. Crawfish are in. If it's in water, they'll eat it. Now, and so I made the point that the reason they decided to try this is because Johnny had colon cancer 20 years ago. Found said he has colon cancer. And he no. reads and he reads something. Pesca is the sport or business of catching fish. There you go. Well, that's where it comes from. I figured it had some root what, cause. turtles are in the water? Yeah, they would eat turtles. Oh. Anything that's in the water, they eat. Shrimp. Shrimp. What about a crawfish? Crawfish, they eat it. I guess because it's so. How most strongly of the- do they? Do they? I, but I don't think that they put that. No. So on. that was. So here's my point. My point was they're pescatarians. They've been doing this 20 years. It's their lifestyle now, and they did it because they thought it would help Johnny not, you know, help him with his colon cancer. Because they say red meat's bad for if you have colon cancer. I don't know. Some report or something. So they decided to try this. Nothing about telling you what you can eat or you can't eat. So they don't bind this on others. No. And that was my point. I said, so I told him, Jace, I said, I'm a, I'm a Cajuntarian. And a Cajuntarian, which I just made this term up, is anything that goes in the pot. Yeah. That's what a Cajun, because a Cajun will eat anything. You know what I mean? That's where gumbo was invented. Oh, yeah. So they'll, so I'm a Cajuntarian because I made a jambalaya day before yesterday that contained both crawfish and shrimp. Yep. I just never tried it before. I said, let me just see if I can. A crossover. How was it? It was outstanding. Yeah. Wasn't it? I it, think was a, you- it was a jambalaya, and and I didn't wait to right toward the end because they didn't get the shrimp out in time to throw them out. They were frozen shrimp. They ran out of shrimp up here. We, we get trucks coming up in here. Most of it's fresh, but some of it's not. But it was frozen. I said, oh, I didn't think about that. So I just broke off a big block, kind of. And I just dropped it in there. Well, that kind of, kind of got in the way of my rice being fluffy. That that big thing of frozen <laughs> shrimp. And look, normally I just wait till the jambalaya is done, put the shrimp and the green yeah. onions in, make a couple of tosses, and let let it steam about ten fifteen minutes. But in this case, I said, well, I've got these shrimp here. They're in there, but it made my rice a little. Uh, not as fluffy as it should have been. That was the only downside. But about the second day on the jambalaya, 
We know our particular. My rice began to get fluffy oh, I'm when I'd warm it back up. So it took about three days to eat it all. But we ate every little piece right down to the. That thing had bacon in it, ground sausage, link sausage, yep. garlic, onions, one bell pepper, and that that's what the that's concoction a, was. Rice a, and shrimp and crawfish. That's an ultimate Cajunterian meal. Yeah. So I made the point That was clean your cabinets out and yep. whatever you got, throw it in it. I've been there. So I made the point that my relationship as a brother in Christ to to my neighbor John and his wife Chris has no it doesn't change because they're pescatarians. In fact, when Lisa makes a big veggie meal, then we always send the leftovers over to Johnny and he loves it. So, so we embrace him, that. So how do human beings within all of this uh, various uh, idiosyncrasies b- pertaining food and what do you say and stuff? You said food and something else. And holidays. And hot days. C- certain days. Special days. So how does a human being get to the point? I believe I'm there. It doesn't bother me right. what you're eating. I, I don't care. You, you, go ahead. Right. I mean, you said, well, tomorrow is a, is a holy day to me. I said, whatever. Right. And I go for it. But it doesn't bother me to acquiesce and say, look, in the grand scheme of things, what Jesus did for us is bigger than this. We can get along and we don't have to agree on every little issue as far as what you're taking into your body. And I would say it gets down into the pharmaceutical issue. I'm not going to let them vaccinate me. I just don't think it's right. I looked at it and said, i tell you what, uh, I'm not the most faithful person in the government that there is, especially in these modern times with what's going on now, when the Marxism is beginning to roar, roar into the picture. It doesn't bother me, though, uh, if when someone says, do you think do you, you trust the medical profession? Long enough to get, be vaccinated on you the were, COVID. You were vaccinated. Wasn't sure, you? I was. Uh, I said that's what he's saying. I, I just you went. Are or aren't, I said I went. Duh. Well, it's not a matter but of I, I know, but you never said you. I wasn't sure. You but were. some, for religious reasons or whatever, they say I just, I'm not going to do it. Well, I told them, and they said, "What do you think?" I said, "If you don't want to take it, don't it's take up it." To you. I said, "But I've made the choice. I think I never had COVID." And 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 now there's a vaccine to protect me from getting COVID. I think I'll just get the vaccine. Yeah. So I trust the government that much. Right. And and you now, know, a lot of people on Facebook. He's he's saying you're the, you're, no? on, you're on Facebook. No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we we talked to people his, who were on the. They said, "Well, his, what are you talking about?" I thought to you him. secretly had joined. They Facebook. were blaming me because I said, "Look, I was vaccinated. I think it was just prudent." To do so, if yeah. the medical profession have said, look, this is a vaccine, it, it, it'll help you with this disease. Well, I've been but, to polio and nobody was arguing about it when yeah. it came time to take that vaccine. Yeah. Everybody got on board. Well, apparently I, I was reading an article. Let's take our last break. I was reading an article, Dad, where a lot of people did feel that way about it and didn't take it and got polio. That's and, right. And then dealt with it. So I'm saying, you know, it, it's a it's a person's choice. And look, I haven't talked about it on here, but I got the vaccination as well. But Lisa doesn't want to get it. I mean, it's my wife. And I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm consistent because I wasn't afraid of the virus because I figured if the Lord decided he was going to take me via COVID, I'm fine. But then when the vaccine came out, I, I'm also not afraid of that. I have no fear here. One way or the other. It looks like the government's headed toward a situation where if you don't take the vaccine, they begin to punish you or, for yeah, not doing so. Or make people but do Which I think is wrong. I mean, I agree with you. I think it's your choice. The people mainly of the South are the ones that the media, according to what I've heard, I haven't heard it with my own ears, but I've heard my buddies talk and all. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they're just ripping the people of the well, they're South, saying it's they're all like, Trump they won't people, get, but that's really not true. They won't get vaccines, and 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 we're all gonna die because the people in the South won't get the vaccines. But what you just described is true. I mean, I don't know if I ever shared this, but you know, Missy got the vaccine because she couldn't go to Cole's graduation in California without it. Well, that's what the government's doing. I don't like and, uh, it. I don't like it. But but, but well, here's the deal: she gets the vaccine. And then it, you know, her left leg goes numb for two days. It was it it 
her words, it was the worst pain she's ever experienced in her life. So she had a reaction and to it. She had a reaction to mm -hmm. it. And which is fair. And which other people, people were telling us, well, don't tell people that, you know, on your podcast because they won't get it. I'm like, wait a minute here. <laughs> I, I, it it happened. That happened. <laughs> now, does it mean, do I have any sign? No. My wife, who has been the most healthy person I've ever known, she doesn't get sick. Y'all know that. She yeah. never gets sick. Right. But she wanted to go see her son graduate, and she didn't want to take the vaccine, but she did it. And then she described it as more painful than having three kids. <laughs> I yeah. mean, she's like, it was the worst. Of course, then she wouldn't go to the hospital because she's like, well, I don't want to make it worse. Because they gave me this. <laughs> I mean, she just went off the rails there for a while. But, I mean, she healed up. She got better. Who knows what that was? But it was some kind of reaction, right. a blood clot or something. I mean, I'm, I was watching her because I thought if she gets where I think that her life is in danger, I'm taking her to the hospital. Because there have been some bad reactions. If I had to put her over my shoulder. So constitutionally <laughs> speaking, a person has the right, in my opinion, to reject pharmaceuticals being put in its Correct. his or her body if they want to. So I'm I'm not telling them, look, it's mandatory. You've got to do it. I would recommend it, but if you say I'm not going to do it, I'm like, your call. If it violates your conscience. But right, but, I, but Phil, my point is the media for ripping people of the South in the ground, they're not reporting what happened to my wife. Right. I mean, I'm not making this up. You know, I have no reason to say, well, look, I'm just telling you what happened. Well, if I was somebody can considering taking the vaccine and i heard that i'd think you know i don't know if i want to take that or that's not what, that's where Lisa's she couldn't at. walk for two days I, you know yeah, so well i mean good. you can do with it what you want i i lean toward people having the vaccine even though my wife had that happen but i fully understand if somebody says you know what i'm gonna take my chances that's right or or they say well what happened to your wife may happen to me that that's something you need to consider because that happened Yep. Well, and that's what's going to happen with Lisa. The first time she can't, we've got a trip scheduled to the Bahamas and she can't go because she ain't got well, vaccine. Right. She's probably going to go and get she the might, vaccine. Well, Missy probably told her what happened to her. And that may be, you probably found out the real reason she don't want to do it. Well, <laughs> that, and we have another friend, Laura, who has had some, some uh, heart issues since she took the vaccine. And there's some rare cases where it does affect people, you know, mm. in, in that way. And so, you know, I mean, it's out there. It's true. You, you, everybody has to make a decision what you want to do. I I had no fear either way. I had no problems either way. You know, I, I said, I told Lisa, I said, well, I guess if I'd have dropped dead, then you said, yeah, that's why I didn't take the virus. But yep. I didn't. So still But here. if you get the virus and that kills you, then you say, well. So, my, so the point, I think, is, and I'm glad you brought it up. That's a good kind of hot topic issue going on right now. But that's not a matter of faith. In other words, should no. you should you look down on somebody because they're really strong? But I don't want to take it. Like not that. at all. You're not doing the right thing. You're not. not you're putting people in danger. It's not a matter of faith, and that's no, exactly and what it's this. It's really not a matter for governments to decide. No, in my opinion, it's not. I mean, what what are we doing here? Yeah, it's like Missy was the only person of the member of my family who hadn't got it. Yeah, she hadn't got it, but she went and took the vaccine because she had to. That's what I did. I didn't you know, get it. But then, and either. she didn't, I don't know what she got then, but she couldn't walk for two days. I mean, she got something yeah. that was weird. And so, I don't know. She She's she's not happy about it. I mean, she's not out there on the street saying, don't take it. She's yeah. just thinking, you forced me to do something that I had just decided not to do. But because what, I everybody else had got it, and she she thought she was immune. Just because I'm married to her, yeah. I got it, and, and she, she didn't still get, didn't get it. Right. They might want to cancel me for my logic, but I just thought, I said, I baptized a couple of hundred people in two years on the coronavirus during its heyday. Yep. I, I couldn't baptize them and stay six feet away from them. <clears throat> Baptism is... you, you, you It's you, intimate. You're you, close. You're close. And I have their hands, and my my hand is on their back, and they're eased down in the water. So I just weighed it, and I said, well, we have a government mandate that says I have to stay six feet away with a mask, and I can't touch them. But I said, so what are we going to do? Just tell them to go on until the coronavirus. I said, the Bible said, Jesus said, go make disciples and baptize them. Good enough for me. So I'm carrying out instructions from the one who died and was raised from the dead. I said, let's just go with the one who raises the dead. Because if this kills us, 
he'll raise us up. So that was my logic. And they would say that idiot. But I mean, <laughs> that, that's the way of my view of it. Right. And, and we found so out. So I never had it. And I, and I had every opportunity to get it. At least 200. I mean, I'm close proximity. So say what you will. I, my conscience told me I'm not going to say <clears throat> there's no baptisms around here till the coronavirus leaves. I mean, how would that fit? Well, we're working on this for two years now, but it's pretty evident that the main people at risk were older people or people who already had some some things wrong with them. And those are people that have died. But when you look at everybody else from 65 and down, not many. You, you, well, there's some. You know, uh, I talked to a physical. Percentage-wise, you're talking about 99.5%. I mean, but I think there, there's been some people that have been healthy in the tip-top shape and died from it. True. Which, which I, but I know, not many. You say, well, how do you know that's a fact? Because just because I met a guy who was a physical therapist who, who deals with corona yeah. patients when they get out of the hospital, and uh, he said most of them had health issues. He said, but there was a. There was a couple of guys who were at the top of their health workout, mm -hmm. marathon runner, whatever. And I, I was like, really? I, I was surprised. But he said, yeah, I mean, it happens. But still, I don't think it changes the point. Right. It, it it ultimately comes to you. But, of course, I had this discussion with someone, and they, they kept saying, well, they, you wear a seatbelt. You know, they were trying to make analogies on, with the mask. well, shouldn't you have a – Right, not to wear a seatbelt. I was kind of like, you know, I think I should. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I don't think that should be against the law. Does the is am I putting my life more in danger? Yes, but do I wear my seatbelt? Yes, because you know I got in the habit of it. Yeah. And but I do think it's a little different when you're putting something new in your body. I just think you should have that right you have the right to make the call i think yeah or to and to wear the mask i mean because i don't like wearing the mask I, it's it i can't breathe i have sinus trouble already but yeah. they're forcing me every time i get on an airplane in an airport for eight hours to have breathing difficulties i, I, like, I, I, like, like, I like wearing the mask i'm not so you know recognizable i just <laughs> like this old hobo wearing a mask <laughs> yep. right. we're out of time thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.